so today we're kind of diving into forgiveness and sort of an intro to forgiveness and what I think will be a good foundation for the rest of our classes as we look at forgiveness related to community, church, family, that kind of thing. Um, and I'll try to talk about it in sort of the context of extended family as well. Um, okay, let me see if I can figure this out. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Okay, it's not working. It's bottom one. Oh, it's too fancy. I'm telling you. Pretty soon you'll just have to paint. I know. That's maybe I'll just turn it upside down. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start out with what the Bible says about forgiveness. So be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, who he has seen, cannot love God, who he has not seen. And he has given us this command, what, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So, uh, we're all very familiar with these verses. We've probably read them many times, and most are direct quotes from Jesus, so they should be familiar to us. Um, and, you know, these are the verses you hear, but then you're like, okay, what does it mean to actually put those in practice and obey them? And, you know, in the secular world we hear about, I mean, you probably, there's probably an Oprah episode on forgiveness and how it's better for your emotional health if you can forgive. Um, you know, it'll make you happier, you'll be your best self. Um, but at the end of the day, for us, if we claim to be Christians and love Jesus and follow him, you know, he commands us to forgive. And so we need to obey this and, I guess, figure out how to obey this because it's hard. Um, so when y'all hear the word forgiveness, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Siblings fighting. <laughs> Siblings fighting, yes. An apology. An apology, okay. Anything else? There's definitely not giving money to your enemies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think when I first think of forgiveness, I think of, you know, forgiving someone else. But really, I mean, there are two forms of forgiveness. There's forgiving others, and then there's asking for forgiveness. And we tend, I mean, when you read the, the Bible verses about it, it, it tends to speak about forgiving others. But then there's also plenty in the Bible about reconciliation and um, uh, reconciling with your brother and that sort of thing. So we'll talk about both types and how they are um, related. So... 
which one do you think is harder, forgiving others or asking for forgiveness? Asking both. Asking both. It depends on the context of which, what you, and what's going on, but that could be a struggle for us. You have some people that have a hard time forgiving self, mm -hmm. so it makes it hard for them to even ask others to forgive them mm -hmm. when it's hard for them to forgive themselves about something they've done. Right. It depends on your sort of equate the two but you're right I mean apologizing maybe you're just apologizing versus asking for forgiveness you're hoping you're going to get a response back and maybe you will maybe you won't and maybe if I apologize I feel like I've done my bit right okay I apologize because mm -hmm. I'm never going to do that because an apology doesn't always indicate forgiveness mm -hmm. I can just about apologize for anything don't really mean I forgave you for it, mm -hmm. you know, because you can usually dredge that thing back up. Forgiveness is usually when you come to a place where you're not going to let whatever it was drag you down any further. Mm -hmm. I think it's also hard to, uh, to extend forgiveness to somebody who doesn't really, doesn't come to terms the full extent yes. of their wrong Yes, that's huge. Um, so in the book we've referenced, um, Forgiveness and Power in the Age of Atrocity, one of the reasons why um, Dr. Furch says it's so hard, he says that just as humans, we have the tendency to just fortify, self-protect, you know, just not be it's not our natural tendency to just be vulnerable um and he says that we rarely think about forgiveness and i think there's a lot of truth in that i mean i've been reading reading this book and read it again and i've thought about forgiveness more in the past month than i probably have in my entire life so um 
it's just not something that's right there kind of on our to-do list every day is to think about who do I need to forgive or who do I need to go to and ask for forgiveness? Um, and he says, you know, it's really in our, it's, it's our own bitterness and our anger that keeps us from thinking about forgiving others. And then it's our own shame um, and fear that keeps us from asking for forgiveness. So, you know, we really think about it. And then when we do think about it, we kind of resist the idea. Um, you know, reading this book, it's like, oh, you need to ask forgiveness, forgive others. And I'm like, yeah, I could see where I need, I probably need to forgive someone who's wronged me, but do I have anything I really need to ask forgiveness for? I think I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, and then, uh, then we stop resisting and we're like, well, maybe I do need to ask, you know, maybe I do need to forgive someone who's wronged me. And then if we kind of mature even further in our thinking, we realize we probably need to ask somebody for forgiveness as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, like you said, everyone likes, it's, it's, especially in today's culture, it's easy to hold a grudge. We kind of like it in some ways. It's sort of, especially if you have someone else you can gossip about it or vent to, and, you know, you both are mad at, at the same person. It's very easy to um, hold a grudge and just stay in your bitterness. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard. Um, so as we kind of move into talking specifically about forgiving others. I think it's easy. I think it works best. It's easiest when you can have someone in your mind and really think about it in a concrete way, not in this, you know, biblical verse, forgive others, but thinking about someone. So think about who in your life you might need to forgive in it. And we'll talk about this in the context of extended families. So it could be well, and I was going to use my father-in-law as an example because, um, you know, but he's here, so I can't use him as an example. So, just kidding. He probably knows who I'm going to use as an example, which is part of my problem. Um, so, but think about a mother-in-law who maybe favors her other grandchildren over your children, or it could be that uncle who says really offensive things at the Thanksgiving dinner table every year. Or maybe it's the, um, you know, the cousin who shames you for supporting whatever political candidate you like. Um, or just someone who's hurt your feelings. Or, you know, someone who um, has been unkind to your children. You know, think of someone, if you can't think of someone offhand in your extended family, but there's someone in your kind of, you know, friend group, maybe you can think of that. Um, so think about someone that you need to forgive. And then think about what is holding you back from forgiving them. So, Ben, what you said was, you know, maybe they don't realize that they've done anything wrong. You know, is it your anger that's holding you back? Is it your bitterness? Is it because it's easier to hold a grudge than to really go through the work to forgive? Um my, this is where, this is where it all comes out that I'm unqualified to teach this class today, but my example is my sister-in-law, and she drives me crazy. I just don't like her, which is awful. I just do not. She irritates me to no end. Um, for years, well, she's, it's, it's not like it's a new thing, but for years I have, I've gone through this roller coaster of, okay, this, I need to be a good Christian and love her, and 
And then I'll get to that place of peace, and then she'll post something on Facebook that just irritates me. Or she'll do something or say something, and then it just all starts over again. So reading this book has been so good because it just kind of brings it into focus. It's like, okay, give me a break. If Jesus can come and down the cross to forgive me of my sins, surely I can forgive someone for really petty little things, like little, small you know, things that really don't amount to much at all. Um, and, you know, when we think about Jesus is commanding us to forgive, commanding us to love, and we think about the stories in South Africa from the first class, if someone can per- forgive the person who murdered their child, surely I can forgive someone that hurt my feelings or that did something selfish. Um, so it, this has just been such a good exercise for me personally to think through this and realize that I have got to take the responsibility to really think about who in my life I am continuing to hold a grudge or continuing to allow bitterness to be my forefront of my mind versus love. Mm-hmm. So just so that I can understand what you mean by forgiving yeah and and what that actually entails taking the example of your sister-in-law <laughs> if she really needed you i mean she was in an accident or something happened in her life or would you be there for her well she would lives in that? canada so it's harder to physically <laughs> well, be there for yeah. her but i mean yes i would do the right thing but it is not healthy that i Everything she does, I view negatively. That I view from the context of past things that she's done. It's not fair to my children that I carry this negativity around about their aunt. You know, so yes, I would do the right thing, you know, out of just because it's the right thing to do. But I have got to come to a way to let go of things that. I think she has done that aren't the right thing. And like I said, sometimes it's not even major things. It's just the, you know how it is, it's the accumulation of things, the little things that some friend of yours that just, you're like, this is just driving me crazy. Um, so there's a pain, there's a pain there. I can hear it. There's a pain <laughs> associated with whatever's going there. Because here's where it goes into a different realm. When pain is involved in that, that painful reminder throws everything into a limbo of how do you forgive. And this is what this class is about, Mm -hmm. about the atrocities. We've heard stories about the people who have had people who come in and eradicated their villages, and then that person who was responsible for that came back. I don't know what that is, because sometimes we, a lot of us, I prayerfully say this, may not have gotten to a place in life where we've experienced pain on that level. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, on a level to where it's just something about, I, I've seen it where people have experienced certain types of pain, when they come on the other side of it, like, I'm just done, I'm letting that go, I can't, I can't hold this anymore. I've gotta let it go, or it will kill me, and it's not gonna kill me. Um, you know, pain changes the game when it comes down to a forgiveness. Because 
you know, I talked to a friend of mine who was a colleague of mine when I went through my terminal degree, and she told me it took her the better part of 40 years to forgive an uncle who had sexually molested her all her life when she was a kid. And every Thanksgiving, she had to sit across from the table and look that man in the eye and act as if nothing happened. 40 years to hold that from a child to an adult. But she finally came to a place where she was able to do that. Now, in the midst of that forgiveness, she said, would I let my grandkids be around this man? No, because <laughs> that's not forgiveness. That would be negligence. You know, forgiveness don't mean you have to still be in the same space as that person or people. Forgiveness means you just let this go. That it's not going to hold anything on you moving forward. It's not going to impede you trying to do what you know to do right. But sometimes the painful reminders are the things that, like, case in point, people who go through divorce. Painful divorces can cause those shards, I would call it like a shard mm -hmm. of something that seems like it sticks into your psyche and it just keeps causing an infection of your spirit. And it can grow a little bit, and you'll you'll get it to where you think it's mending, and then it'll move again, and then it opens it back up, and, and you brought back to the moment that the first incident may have happened. Those are hard moments, you know. That's not something you can just sit down and say, "Oh, I'm just going to forgive that right now." You've got to, that's something you got to work on. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? Yeah, Rachel, do you mind? I hope I don't. No, mind. no. Go ahead. But what she's talking about. Dr. Furch mentioned in his book, sorry, it's easier than trying to talk through the back of my head. <clears throat> he had a meeting with his father-in-law, and he talked about that his father-in-law's family, his wife's family, was such forgiving and loving people, and that was not the experience that he had within his family, which we're getting into in two weeks, mm -hmm. when we talk about forgiveness within your nuclear family. But he talked about his father-in-law sitting down and said, have you ever had the experience where you have something that you that you were angered by by somebody and it's years later and it comes back to you and the anger floods you all over again and it's like you have just had it happen again yeah and the anger is so much there and his father-in-law's like forgiveness is not a one time deal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It is a continuous action because one thing can bring back that entire flood of incidents. As the guy said, uh, when he's having an argument with his wife, my wife doesn't get hysterical, she gets historical. <laughs> and it's like everything that that person has ever done that irritates you floods you again. Yeah. And it's so difficult, and that forgiveness is not a one-time deal. It's mm -hmm. continuous. Yeah. So um, these are some thoughts or some things from the book that really resonated with me about forgiveness. Um, and I mean, this is so true. When you're angry at someone, your mind highlights their weaknesses. Right. They, it automatically goes to their weaknesses. Um, Whereas when you truly forgive and love someone, you highlight their strength. It's like giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, I mean, this is, you know, it is so hard to move from your kind of stance of bitterness 
and rage because it's just easy to percolate in that. Um, to move out of that to a stance of not being focused on how you've been wronged. And then, you know, this one we highlighted in the first class about some of the things in South Africa. Um, forgiveness has to be freely given and it can't be based on the other person's um, willingness to be forgiven or even acknowledging that they've done anything wrong. It has to be separate from that. Um, yes. Um, so that last one really resonates with me, and I'm I don't I'm not qualified to talk about freedom care from a like the people who walk with me through it. But I had a really powerful experience in our freedom care ministry mm -hmm. with forgiveness, and part of the process is to count the like count the debt or name the debt. Of, you know, part of what it highlights is what is what is part of that mean? And so when you walk through freedom prayer, you name what, what that person should have given you. Mm -hmm. And so giving that out, there's something so freeing to say, this is, you know, this is what was lacking in this relationship. And then like by, by naming it all, you can then, because mm -hmm. forgiveness is really more of a gift for our own spirit mm -hmm. than the other person. Yeah. Um, it is something else that. But mm -hmm. I, anyway, just to look that up, but there's something, you know, here that can, that has helped me walk through for mm -hmm. um, long through it, you know, and I didn't really realize it was still in my heart, but by naming all of that, counting the debt, it was just really powerful. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, kind of like you said, it's really, we're the ones that benefit probably the most from when we can forgive others. Um, and, you know, Jesus commands us to love and forgive. And he doesn't give us commands just to be difficult or to make our lives harder. I mean, he, his commands are for our own benefit. So we have to keep that in mind, too. Um, and like JB was saying, this requires discipline. And as Joel was saying, it's kind of self-responsibility discipline, and it's, it's a journey. It's over and over and over again that you're doing this, not just... Um, it's not just a one-time thing. And I thought this kind of summed it up well. So forgiveness starts on the inside, starts inside us. It starts when you're willing to just say, I choose to forgive you. So I am choosing to forgive you, and it's a release. Um, I'm not going to hold against you any longer whatever it is that, you know, this person did to you. And when you don't get that, there's tension. I mean, we know what that feels like when you're in the room, especially in the context of extended family, if there's an extended family member and you're together at Christmas or at Thanksgiving and you're just, you know, there's that tension there. You're walking around eggshells. You just would rather, you know, not even be in the room with them. Um, so when you don't get that, yeah, you're mad, you're bitter, there's unforgiveness, and you want emotional separation. And again, Jesus wants us to be reconciled with one another. Um, you want physical separation. You'd rather not even be in the room with them. So the question is, do you want to be right? Or do you want to forget or do you want um, to be to forgive and be forgiven? And do you want a relationship? So do you want to be able to be reconciled to this person? Um, and if you want to be right more than you want the relationship, you're just gonna lay there in your anger. So this was just 
you know, very convicting to me. But again, convictions are sort of like good intentions. It's unless you actually do any, do something with it, they don't really do much in your life. Um, so that's one that I need to like put on my mirror. <laughs> yeah. You can dress this out if you like, but I, I just instant hearing what people think. The I choose to forgive you can be you can't get there. It can be I choose to forget you. Mm. Mm. I'm not gonna think about you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget what's going to you. Do you have any comment on that? Is it the first step in the process? Is it just a self-preservation technique? What? It might be the first that? step, and it might be self-preservation. I would say. If we really, truly think about what the Bible has told us, we don't just forget it and ignore it. We need to go through the process of healing from that and, if possible, reconciling with the other person. But, and it may be that it, you need to forget, and then maybe five years later you're ready to really work on the reconciliation piece of it. Well, well and, and, and I would say that the final step may be you, know, you have forgiven them, and forgetting it, that might be good. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, something that happened a long time ago, someone you're never going to see again. Yes, you do have to work through it and understand that whatever needs forgiveness needs to have happens. But then not thinking about it anymore, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Uh, so, yeah, there, forgetting is, is good, but to your point, forgetting just to put it out, just to just right. to prolong it. Is as long as you're not like ignoring it, like forgetting yeah. should not be the same as ignoring, right. because then you're just not dealing with it. Yeah. So, you know, this kind of talks about whether or not you want to have a relationship with this person, but in situations where you have a in-law, which um, or someone that you kind of have to have a relationship with because you obviously love and care about your sibling therefore you have to have some kind of relationship with your sister-in-law you know what do you do then when you're like I would not choose to like in Mm -hmm. a situation where I wouldn't choose to have a relationship with certain people but because of their association with people in my life I can't get rid I can't protect myself from Mm -hmm. them because of the relationship they have with someone I love. So what then? Yes. That's the hard one. That is the hard one. And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of how we do it. But yes, that's one thing I think is most challenging about extended family. It's not because it's, I mean, you're you're just, you're connected. It's not like a, a friendship or a work relationship that you can just sort of you can Avoid control that proximity. <laughs> yeah. At work, you can control you. You can basically yeah. you can control their proximity. When it comes to those family members, you can only go so much, so many places in a twenty nine hundred square foot house <laughs> to get away from certain people that you really don't want to be around. You know, or if if it's smaller than that, it's like playing Batman. I mean, it's, and it's hard. I mean, and that's the hard truth of this whole thing is is learning how to try to get past this. And the first step you have to figure out is how do we mitigate the pain this may cause? For yeah. the young people in the room, Pac-Man was a video game. <laughs> 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 yes. We're chasing with the chase the ghost. Yes. 
Um, so how do we do it? And again, I am so not the expert on this. I'm just telling you what I've read because I'm still trying to figure this out. But We're still working through these things. Working through it together. Um, but the big thing, we have to have a total mindset change. We have to focus on the dignity of the other person. So every human is a child of God and was made in God's image. And God likes whatever person this is, you know, your cousin, God loves that person just as much as God loves you. No matter what they've done, no matter what I've done, he loves us both equally. Um, we all have inherent worth, and we have to remember that. So, um, you know, our tendency can be to kind of demonize our enemies, especially in this culture we live in, our political enemies especially. But we have to remember that everybody is made in the image of God, and God loves every person. Um, the next piece is empathy, and this is one of the ten servant leadership qualities that Furch highlights, but assume the good intentions of others. So try not to view everything that this person does through all of the annoying things or bad things they've done to you in the past. Like, assume their good intentions. Um, forgo the need to criticize. That's hard. Um, listening. I think maybe you had talked about listening a little bit. This is another one of those servant leadership empathy, uh, characteristics with empathy. Um, ask questions you don't know the answer to already. <laughs> Sounds basic, but we do it all the time. And then focus on Jesus' sacrifice for us and the, the gift of, of grace. Um, and then I'll go through the next, the rest of this kind of quickly. But So the work of forgiving others and the work of asking for forgiveness are linked. And he really says we should start with the work of asking for forgiveness, and that will make forgiving others even easier. Um, you know, it's human nature. We ignore our own faults and, like, totally highlight the faults of others. Um, so we have to kind of bring about that awareness, which is another one of the servant leadership characteristics. We have to start looking at ourselves honestly, and um, not judge myself. I, I, I lower the bar for myself, but I keep the bar really high for other people. Um, and again, what does the Bible say about forgiveness? About forgiving, not just forgiving others, but also how we need to ask for forgiveness. I mean, we, you know, we're all very familiar with the speck of sawdust um, Bible verse, but it's so true. I mean, we do this all the time, um, and we've got to remember to focus, start working on ourselves before we start trying to correct everybody else. So how do we go about getting used to or getting comfortable with asking forgiveness? So another mindset change. We have to really remember that um, there's evil in all of us. There's weakness, brokenness, sin in all of us. And so we have to really try to embrace that brokenness and recognize it and be humble about it instead of just focusing on blaming other people when they do something um, that's wrong. Um, again, vulnerability instead of being in self-protection mode and taking responsibility for how our actions impact others. This is where I need to go and sit down with my children and ask their forgiveness for the negativity I have brought about their aunt to their relationship. Because now every, they view their aunt through my bitterness about whatever she's done in the past. And that's not fair to them because they need to be able to have a pure relationship with her and love her. 
and not be weighed down by my, you know, problems. Um, <clears throat> notice our own weaknesses so we can move away from naming the faults of others. And then this is a, a, a great way to start. If we've never, if you've never really thought about, ooh, I need to ask for forgiveness. So maybe you just start with asking a loved one, maybe it's your spouse or someone, how you might improve. Um, ask forgiveness for if you, you know, whatever you've done that they highlight, and then change. Actually, make a change. Um, I think, you know, as I've as I resisted the idea that maybe I need to ask for forgiveness for, some, for something, I liked this idea that the thought of, like, the more that we are willing to ask forgiveness of others, apologize for something, the more, the easier it's going to be for us to forgive other people. And, you know, when someone has hurt your feelings and they've called you and apologized, it's so nice. It's such a welcome gesture on their part. And it breaks all the tension. It you know, breaks the ice, and y'all can move on in your relationship. And so that is what you really need to, if you've been on the receiving end of that, it's wonderful. And so think about that instead of how embarrassing it might be to call someone up and apologize for something. Um, so since we're almost out of time, but I'm going to open it up for some more questions, your homework for this week is think about someone that you need to forgive. And it doesn't have to be someone in your extended family. No, I just kind of use that as an example. But think about someone that has wronged you or hurt your feelings or that you've held a grudge against that you need to forgive. And write about it in your journal, potentially, or pray about um, <clears throat> ask God to help you in that journey of forgiveness. And on the flip side, pray for the vision and the courage to recognize where we have faults and our own faults and then ask that loved one or friend spouse whoever what we have done that might have harmed them or what we what is something that we need to change and how we interact with that person and um and see see what they say I mean it's it's hard to be vulnerable but uh well Ed <laughs> I'm gonna be asking you I know I'm perfect but <laughs> You'll work, start working hard to come up with something that I can improve on. So, and I'll be doing the same for you. Um, so that this, like I said, this is kind of laying the foundation for our future classes. And this is hard. I mean, y'all, this is so hard because even though we can intellectualize the Bible verses, actually doing it is it's hard. So, any comments, yeah, thoughts? A, a comment mm -hmm. in uh, looking at this in the past. Um, this is a part of being human that has been that has served us as a survival mechanism for thousands of years, right? This negative bias that I want to emotionally charge the negative that happens in my life so that if I remember it so that I will not run across that again it's a survival mechanism I saw, I saw a bear over there. I remember that. I'm not going over there. This person stole from me, and I was hungry for three weeks. I, I don't want to be around that person again, right? This was a matter of survival at some point for us. 
So it is ingrained that deeply in our psyche. So don't, I, for a long time, felt like it was totally my fault that I couldn't forgive these people. And it's not necessarily. It is, to some degree, you know, I needed to do the work, right? But I felt like I was very flawed because I couldn't mm-hmm. let it go. And don't feel that way. We're all that way. Well, that what's, way for a reason. what's the verse, you know, Paul, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I really want to do. I mean, that's, right. th- this, that feels very applicable to forgiveness. Right. Um, and that's where, you know, as Christians, we're, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be countercultural. And this, I think, is a great example of where, you know, this is not what the day-to-day normal human does. I mean, we, that's just not in our nature. And so if we can ask God's help in getting us started on this journey and success in this journey, it's a way to look really different. And I'm glad you mentioned survival because one caveat Mm-hmm. that we have for this class is that there are individuals who have been physically abused, they have been sexually abused, and we are not asking someone to put themselves in physical harm. However, we do believe that through these steps that we can walk through this, and we're going to get to that one because, Mike, that is the hardest one, mm-hmm. is that Forgiving yourself, and we will get to that in a couple of weeks. But do not think that we're asking you if you're in a situation that is physically harmful for you, then there are going to be other steps to take and not confronting that individual because probably, number one, they don't want to be forgiven, and we don't want to put you into a situation mm-hmm. that you are in physical danger. Mm-hmm. Expanding on that a little bit, because as, as I was, especially as I was saying the, the quotes from Dr. Furch, those all work relatively easily if everybody involved is on the same power level. And, and there is an element of, of power dynamics that makes this exponentially more difficult. Mm-hmm. And some of that is the kind of physical abuse and lack of safety that you're talking about. But it really does extend beyond that. Um, because, because when there's, when there's you know, for, for me, you know, I'm like an old, fairly rich, southern white guy. There's only so much that people can do to me. So it's, it, is, it is relatively easy for me to forgive because I haven't really been a victim of anybody. Mm-hmm. That's not the case for everybody else. And that makes it, it makes it much harder for other people. And it also makes it harder for me to see how it's harder for other people. Yeah. But, but I mean, for, for example, in terms of the power dynamic, it's much easier to forgive your children <laughs> than it is to forgive your parents. Because... At the end of the day, you're still going to have a power level up on your kids, and you're going to be down a power level from your parents. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I, I think churches have often had a tendency to just want to smack forgiveness on everybody the same way we like to smack peace and unity on everybody as a way to push the real problems to the side. And... 
I, I, I see this stuff, it's easy mm -hmm. if everybody's on the same level. We have to be really careful because it's really tempting for us to want to go, you need to forgive that person. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's and it's and it's and it's a much longer step. I think you do need to to be open to a path to forgive that person if it presents itself. But mm -hmm. we, we have to be really careful yeah. not to put that. And, on and, and even with the power dynamics, uh, we're going to talk about some tough ones. I mean, it is very difficult if you are a parent of a child that was a drug abuser, and they put your family through turmoil. And how do you forgive the pain that it not only caused them, but the siblings? And you have the vice versa for children. If the parent was a drug addict, alcoholic, and the physical and the emotional components that tie into that, it's extremely difficult. None of these are easy. And there are so many different dynamics that come into play. Uh, and we're going to get into those. Mm -hmm. Next week, JB is going to talk about one that's extremely power dynamic and difficult, and that's forgiveness in the community. And then in two weeks, uh, we're going to get into the one that uh, is probably, for me personally, one of the most difficult is forgiveness within your family. Because uh, I don't know about you, but it's like um, my family, anybody seen the movie Moonstruck? <laughs> my family is the scene at the end of the movie where everybody's screaming. <laughs> that was my family. So it can be extremely difficult within your family because they're the ones that know the right button to push to set you off, but nobody else does it. It seems like the people that we should love the most, we can care the most, are the ones that we treat the worst. And sometimes that we feel treated the worst from. And it's difficult, and we're going to get into those components of it. And we're going to talk about forgiveness of self, sense of abandonment that people have felt. And with that addiction, depression, all of those things that play into it, and they're not easy subjects, they're tough. And I know for some people these are really sore subjects. And I know for me it's a sore subject. And we're going to really get into the story, some that Dr. Furt shared. And I talked with him recently, and I'll get to see him this week and talk to him again. And the pain in the relationship between him and his father is extremely and all of us have had situations like that. And that's what you said. It's such a difficult journey. But it's getting that mindset. Mm -hmm. And maybe if we can start doing it on the smaller things, we'll be able to get to the point where we can do it on the big things. Yeah. You know. So thank you guys thank for you being so here.